You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And of course, follow your host at Shante Sapphire. Today in the guest chair, I have with me Miss Leah Dean. Leah is a coach, speaker, author, and former chief human resource executive who has worked with leaders throughout the world to build high-performing teams or tribes for 20 years. A passionate believer in assembling tribes for greatest impact, Leah is the founder of numerous programs and events designed to help women and girls find their tribes and do great things. Leah lives in Bermuda with her husband and two children. Now, Purpose Chasers, let's welcome Leah to the podcast. Leah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Shante, for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I know that tribes is important to you. So I think we're going to have some fun. We are definitely going to have some fun. Now, Leah, I want to know before we kick this off, what is the fun fact about you that is not in your bio? So not in my bio. Okay. So I think a lot of folks will know that I grew up on a 23 acre island, but I guess one of the more interesting fun facts is I had 93 pets. Um, while I was writing my book, I was trying to figure out what's something interesting that people People might like to know. So I set up a spreadsheet and sent it to my family. And when we added up, added up all of the pets, we had 93. Where did you even have space for 93 pets? Well, I lived on, I mean, I live in Bermuda, but I grew up on Darrell's Island, which was Bermuda's oh. first airport. So it was 23 acres. We had horses, goats, cat, you name it. We had it. And that's a fun fact about me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And of course, that's also another fun fact for those uh, those listeners who are from Bermuda and know Daryl's Island. So thank you for sharing that with us. Now, Leah, you are a coach, an author, and a speaker. What led you down this path? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. So I spend... 20 years in the corporate world. And after that period, I decided to take a break. Just It was supposed to be a 12-month break um, just to spend some time with my children. I had started Assemble the Tribes. I wanted to finish that. And I had every intention of going back to work um, in the corporate space. But as I finished off the book and I started to talk to women and share the content, I, I just felt like now... And I spent a lot of time praying about it. I just felt like, you know, God was leading me and telling me this is a different season. And so here I am. I don't have it as carefully planned as maybe some of the other things that I I had planned for my life. But actually, I know less, but I'm actually more comfortable, which is very interesting. But that's how God does it sometimes. Yes, God will. He will turn a situation upside down. And I love that you said that you 
you know less right now, but you're more comfortable. So to me, that says that you are out here walking on faith, not your own plans, but the plans of the Lord. And that's always important. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been a journey. I, 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 my word a couple years ago was process and that was Romans 828. And then I did Romans 1212, which is all about mindset. And God is just like, give me your mind, give me everything that is important to you and let me multiply it, change it, twist it. And I always say to folks, God is creative. He's specific and he is intentional. And what he has for us is often better than anything we could have dreamed. So I'm just, I'm just doing what he's asked me to do. Yes. I love that. I love that. Now you are the author of assemble the tribe, believe in your value, find belonging and be different. This book, when I saw the title of this book, it just called out to me. And for you listeners who have been listening since day one, diehard uh, podcast listeners, you know, I did an episode with my tribe. It was episode 18. And I believe I replayed it in episode 69, where I talk with my tribe about the importance of having people surrounding you that are going to support you, encourage you, push you, etc. So when I saw this book, I said, this is exactly what we need. And I love it. So what led you down the road to writing Assemble the Tribe? So I'm super excited to talk to you today because I'm about to tell you a story that I've told no one to this point. So this is a a new story for your listeners. Um, But the part that most folks will know is I produce women and girls events. And after my second event, I got home, you know, we the team and I, we came home and we were talking and excited. And by the time I went to sleep, it was about 2 a.m. in the morning. And at 5 a.m., I just woke up and I was annoyed because I don't like to wake up. I, I'm an I'm a eight to 10 hour girl. That, that makes me really happy. And so I wasn't thrilled about being, you know, my sleep being broken, but I just felt this impression, go sit at your computer, go sit at your computer. And so finally, after about 30, 40 minutes, I went and I sat at my computer and I wrote the entire outline for Assemble the Tribe for the first time. And, and most of the outline is exactly the same as what I wrote on that first night, but the journey of writing Assemble the Tribe, wow, have I learned so much about what it truly means to live and have a tribe. And it isn't what I thought it was when I started. So to give you some color around that, when I sat down to write that outline, I really thought that tribe was just about how to create a group and how to, you know, I have this group of friends that I've traveled life with for over 20 years. There were 10 of us at one point. And I just figured if I could teach women how to do this, then I really would have achieved something great because it is such a beautiful thing. It helps us to live longer, happier, impacts our health when we have this supportive tribe. And I just thought it was so beautiful. But then a friend of mine asked me to speak for a group of women 
at her church. And so I said, oh, this is exciting because now I can go and I can research all the tribes in the Bible. And so I started to research the stories of women who had good friendships in the Bible. And there aren't a lot of stories and the ones that are there aren't always positive. So then I said, okay, well, let me look at some of the male tribes. And I looked at Job and a few others, but there was something special that happened when I started to read the story of Christ. And that's where my mindset really started to shift. Because if you kind of pull it apart, he knew why he was coming to earth. He knew what his value proposition was. But when he got ready to go into his three-year ministry, one of the first things that he did was he went and he set up a tribe. And I was like, yes, this is like the foundation for everything that I want to do. But what was different about this tribe, because when most of us find our tribes, we want to kind of just go in close. And and trust me, I've lived there. And there's periods of times where you need to invest and you need to build those relationships. But we often like to stay there. And as a result, we tend to exclude others instead of finding ways to include. And what I loved about the ministry of Christ is that he poured into the disciples, but they didn't just stay as a tribe. They went out and they changed the world. And then the other thing that I love about the ministry of Christ is that he modeled that we need more than one tribe to complete our sense of wholeness. He had the disciples. He had the women that he traveled with. He had Mary, Martha, Lazarus. Um, There were different levels to his relationship within the disciples. And so a lot of what kind of shifted my perspective on what a tribe is came from the story of Christ, which um, I wasn't expecting, but it really just blew my whole idea of tribe wide open. That just blew my whole (laughs) idea (laughs) of tribe wide wide open. But when you said that, you were, you know, you're talking, you're going through the Bible and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I wonder which tribe did she pick? (laughs) I did not, it did not dawn on me um, that when Jesus set out on his ministry, as you said, the first thing he did was gather together a tribe. And that is so powerful because I know that we say so many times that two are better than one, but can we imagine what good we can do with a tribe of people? Like you said, Jesus had so many different tribes. So that brings us, that brings me to my next question. How would you define a tribe? So Against that backdrop of, you know, this new insight that I started to learn, I was like, okay, well, how do I even deal with this word? Because, you know, it's such a complex word, you know, it goes all the way back to like the Latin tribe and, you know, the 12 tribes of Israel. It's an old word and it's used in so many ways. And, you know, in the in in this particular time in the world's history, it evokes emotion um, sometimes very negative emotions for fe- for people. And so there were many, many moments where I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't choose this word. But in the end, after I pulled the word apart and put it back together and I explain it in the book, I decided that the word was perfect. It's perfect because the word is so complicated with so much history. And that is the way that we are as human beings. We are complicated, we are complex, we are layered, we are unique. And women, our story is different still. I'm not saying women are better than men, but we are different. And so in the end, a tribe for me 
is individually complex people with shared values and beliefs who choose to come together in very various ways. It could be physical, virtual, formal, informal to create relationship. And tribes can be groups of people. Tribes can be the one-on-one relationships that you form. And tribes can be people like you and I who, you know, we've not spent a lot of time together. Um, I think this is our first conversation, but from a mindset perspective and from a belief perspective, we know that when we got together on this podcast today, that we had a similar mindset and we can have moments of tribe. And so for me, that kind of just blew everything wide open because remember, I thought I was writing about how to create a group. And so a tribe, I think, is complex. It is multiple different types of relationships. And I also think at its highest level, it's a, it's a way of thinking. Mm, I love that a way of thinking complex individuals coming together. That is such a powerful and dynamic way to look at what a tribe is. So now that we know what a tribe is, how do we take stock and establish whether we have a tribe? Or we need a tribe. Well, I, I think our journey of relationship demands a lot of self-reflection. And, you know, sometimes you have to go back and analyze, you know, one of the exercises I, I do with a lot of women groups when I go in to speak is I ask them to think about their tribe status over a period of time. What has our journey been? What has our relationship story been? And sometimes it's only through going back and taking actual inventory that we find that we have more tribe than we really, really thought that we might. You know, one of the quotes I say is, is the mind is a tricky place. It can hide our belonging, even though it's clearly in view. And so once I redefine what tribe is and people start to go back and take inventory, they say, hey, I actually have more tribe than I thought I did, which is um, really cool. So it, it it is a journey of discovery and we must be intentional about going back and really revisiting our relationships with that new understanding. Mm, a journey of discovery and a journey also of belonging. Why is it that you, uh, would you say that women find it hard to find a tribe where they feel like they truly belong? There are a couple reasons. Um, when I conducted my proprietary research with over 1,200 women, one of the things that I found was, you know, 63% of us have been a part of a group specifically. Um And 71% of us have experienced rejection, you know, 50% under the age of 18, 25% under the age of 12. And so that means, you know, if you, you, if you study the science of development for us as human beings between puberty and early twenties, there's so much that's happening to us physiologically and emotionally, and even in terms of the way that our brain is developing. And so often at the moments when we're the most vulnerable, that's when we have our most difficult encounters sometimes with women. That's what my data says, that what that's what we often hear anecdotally. And we see it on television shows. We see it 
um, in society more generally, like women are difficult and cat and girls are catty. You just hear that all the time. And so we grow up with this combination of this societal narrative combined with our own pain in moments when we felt this rejection and it shapes our relationship story and makes it very difficult. Just this week, I was reading an article by Huffington Post and there was a woman, she had experienced a lot of um, rejection when she was in high school. And so as part of her healing process, she went back and she basically interviewed all of the women that bullied her in high school. And she said what she found, which was fascinating, is that even the women that she looked up to and thought were beautiful and had everything made, she said there was a price that they had to pay for that seed of popularity. And that sometimes she often sat in her own victimhood. She had friends, but because she felt rejected, she sat in that victimhood. So those are just some of the reasons why I think it's hard for us as women. We have our own stories of rejection. Sometimes we choose to sit in our own victimhood. And um, like I said, it's complicated. It is definitely complicated. And the way that society portrays women in female relationship are not always great <laughs> at the best of times. I mean, think about it. If you if you're two or three years old, you start with Cinderella. And I mean, my daughter and I just glimpsed a remake during the holiday season. And so she's 13. That means in her lifetime, she's seen that movie made over about five times about mm -hmm. how women and girls just can't get along. And that's the narrative that society teaches us. And I think it's time to break that. I definitely agree with you. It is time to break that. So how would you recommend that for somebody who may be listening, who have who has had a you know, a lot of rejection in their past and they need to reshape their relationship story and they're ready to step out of their victimhood, how would you recommend, what advice would you have actually for, for women who are, are who are wanting to do this? So I think one of the interesting things that I learned in the process of writing Assemble the Tribe is that tribe, true tribe starts with me which is why the first words that are in my tag, in the tag in the book are believing your value. What I've learned is if I don't believe that I have value, if I don't believe that I'm worth it, if I don't believe that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, then it's very difficult for me to create or find healthy tribes. Because every time I walk into a room, instead of thinking, you know, what can I give? What can I bring to this group? I'm worried, but what, is, what are they thinking of me? And I'm not enough. And so I think for some, for some of us, the first place that we have to look is inside, you know, insecurity creates boxes and ceilings that may only exist in our mind. And so that's where we often have to do the hardest work. And one of the things that I say in the book is, you know, this is the chapter where we're going to look in the mirror and you know how the saying goes. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we don't always like how, what we see. And so the first step is to get us to a place where we truly fundamentally believe that we matter. And so that's the journey that you have to start with. And then there are um, 
steps that we need to take to find and create these groups. And there's all kinds of things that come into play, like where, what type of group do I want? Um, what gap am I trying to fill in my life at this moment? Where am I going to find them? What are the steps? And, and so I break all of that down um, to make it easy t- um, for women to really navigate that journey. But it starts with you and then it ends ultimately with how you decide to show up how you decide to show up with everybody else. And from a spiritual perspective, which is why I really love, you know, the fact that um, the, the story of Christ created the fundamental framework for the book is his message in, in its simplest form is to love God and love people. And so when we talk about how we're going to show up, um, that is what he asks of us. You know, believe in your value, find belonging, be different. Be different is just love people in its simplest form. You know, I go into, I, I give it some more language in the book, but in its simplest form, it's just how do I show up and love people? And that's not always easy. And so when you're going in with this mindset that says, I have value, I'm a masterpiece, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and all of these things that God tells us about who, who we are. And because I'm those things, I just need to love people. You you land in a very different place when you're trying to build your tribe. Yes, yes, yes. I, I like that your first thing to do is to believe your value and then do a self-evaluation. I think that's so important. When I found my, when my best friend and I connected, it wasn't until university and we've been best friends ever since. And then my tribe didn't really, the rest of my tribe didn't really come along um, until maybe three, four years ago now, maybe um, at the most. And I, I remember it being a learning curve for me because I wasn't used to having such a group of people that were supportive. So it was a learning curve, just actually learning how to have friends it was a process. It was a process. And I think it, it always is a process as we learn how to nurture relationships, how to give more, um, give and receive. So that's very important. But another point that I want to touch on is you said finding a healthy tribe. How would you define a healthy tribe? <laughs> so I think a healthy tribe is a group of, well, when I say group, I use group loosely, right? Because group is two or more. So it could be your one-on-one relationships or a larger group, but it's a willingness. It's, it's a tribe of people that you choose to come together with and you're willing to have things like necessary conversations. You know, you're willing to say sorry quickly. You're willing to think about what can I bring to this and what do I have to give versus what do I take from it? It's a group of people that don't spend all of their time comparing themselves to each other, but rather pouring into each other and helping them to achieve their purpose. It's a group of people who, when the road gets complicated and tough, they just show up. You know, I, I think about my, my tribe and, you know, a few years ago, we experienced um, a death in the group um, and everybody showed up. 
And then fast forward a few years later, somebody else had a death in their family and everybody descended and showed up. In fact, we have a secret word that if we say this word, that means no talking, no discussion, no questions about when can we book the time, you literally drop everything and show up. And to know that I have eight plus women in my life that will drop everything at the you know, on the turn of a dime and just show up for me, that matters. And so those are some, there, there are more behaviors, but those are just some that I can cite off the top of my head. It is not easy. It takes time. It takes growth and maturity, but that is the, that is the journey. And I often just say to women, you know, if you can find that, it will literally change your life. The research around why we need healthy relationships is absolutely stunning. People who have low quality relationships, on average, they increase their mortality rate by 29%. Women who have strong support systems, they reduce their cancer reoccurrence and their mortality risk. Women who have strong tribes, they make more money and they find more senior level jobs. Women who have strong tribes and they take the time to come together and talk, it reduces their stress and helps them to manage um, their cortisol levels. There are so many reasons why tribes are not optional. And so I just, you know, my, if, if there was a business case for this book, it's like, if you want to live a longer, healthier, happy life, you, you better go find you a tribe. Mm-hmm. Tribes are not optional. No, I yeah. like that because so many times as women, we wear our independence, like a badge of honor, not willing to accept that we need people. (laughs) People help in, they come in all different forms and they help you for all different reasons, but we can't go back to being or resiling in the fact that I am a strong woman or I'm a strong black woman and I don't need nobody. I don't need no man. I don't need no friends. It's just me and Jesus. It's so much more than that. I I could not agree more. And the research says that if you don't have people, you just may not live the life that you had intended or as long as you may had intended. Um, you know, just just to, to bring it home, I, I often joke around with folks and I say, look, Adam didn't even make it for eight days. And he's <laughs> like, I, need, I need tribe. I need somebody, right? We are created to connect. We are created to connect. Adam didn't make it eight days before he needed somebody to connect with. So we definitely need to connect. Now for that person who's listening to this episode and saying, yeah, 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 this sounds great. I need a tribe, but how do I go about building this relationship? How do I go about making friends? Like this is not primary school. I can't just walk up to somebody and ask them if they want to play on the slides and we'll be best friends forever. How are you, how would you direct them? Um, well, there's so many, so many places you, you often have to decide what is it that's driving me? So for example, if I want to have a better tribe at work, then there are, there are things that I'm going to have to do to be more open to, you know, reach out to people, to ask them, you know, what are their interests and to start to build those relationships. There are, there are specific places that you can go. You know, one of the things that I often say to people is ask family and friends, you know, if you you want to build your tribe, say, you know me and you love me, 
who do you think might be a good person for me to meet? You know, I'm thinking about a year and a half ago, a mutual friend um, of this person that I'm about to tell you about suggested that we connect. And so she called me up and she said, let's have lunch. And I said, sure, let's do it. And I remember when I walked out of the hotel, I just said, you know what, God, I'm not really sure what this relationship is is supposed to be in my life. Because one of the things that I talk about is we need to define what the relationship is. And he said to me, just wait. I'll reveal it over time. So sometimes the specificity and why the person's in your life is revealed over time. But when I tell you that in this season of releasing my book and starting to do some of the things that are vulnerable for me, this woman is like a rock. And so, and that's just because a mutual friend said, you, you two need to get together. Um, one of the other things I talk about in the book is that sometimes, you know, we're fearful um, when I when I gave the book to my beta readers, one of them said, "I get this, Leah, but Bermuda small and and you seem to be a relatively you know social person. What about that person who physically shakes when it's time to meet?" somebody new? And how do you handle that fear? So I interviewed a psychologist and I talk a little bit about the psychology of fear. Sometimes you have to take somebody with you to ease that anxiety. Sometimes you have to go where the warmth is. So who are the people who just make you feel safe and you start there? Um, You know, sometimes you actually have to look for your area of pain If you have lost a child or a loved one, or you've been divorced, sometimes your tribe can be found in the places where you experience pain. So there's lots of different ways to do it. And I give the readers lots of different ideas in the book, but there's no one answer. But I think if you believe tribes are not optional, then you will figure out the format that's going to work best for you. Yes, there are so many ways to connect with people. And if you are a social butterfly, I I challenge you today to be that connector for the people around you that you see that may be able to join together and, and come together. You can take on that responsibility of saying, you know what, I think you would be really good to meet up with X, Y, and Z person. And you put those two people together because each one help one and we would be so much better (laughs) off in life. Yes. I love that. You know, instead of trying to build all the tribe for yourself, like say, Hey, because one of the things we talk about in the books is the paradox of openness and capacity. Like you only have so much time in the day, but there are still people in your life that you know who want more, like connect them with somebody. And and I think that can be a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. Now, tribes can be beautiful things, but one thing you touch on in in your book is the dark side of (laughs) tribes. So let's just get into that a little bit. And I remember going through the chapter and I was just thinking to myself, yep, we've had that problem and we've had that problem and it's been a learning, Claire. So let's let's, let's talk about the common issues that, that tribes can face. So um, according to my own research, 30% of females have participated in groups that have fallen apart. And some of the 
top, the top five reasons are life stage changes. So you meet this tribe in college or when you have kids and you are, you know, really tight and then life changes and you move away and things fall apart. Distance. That's the second one. Personalities, disagreements, and we'll come back to personalities in a minute because I don't think it's the personalities that create the issues. But um, and then there, there's like a bucket of other. And so there are lots of reasons why groups fall apart. And some of the top three challenges, I think I talk about 10 in total in the book, but I'll tell you about three. Um, one is time. We are busy people, as, as I think we were we just mentioned earlier on, right? If you need something done, give it to a busy woman. We are busy, busy people. And so finding time to create relationships and invest in relationships, it's often the number one impediment that most women struggle with. And I would contend that you just have to shift your mindset a little bit around how you think about time. So I have this one group. And we've been meeting now once a month for almost 20 years. We meet maybe somewhere between three and five hours once a month. Well, there's a lot of additional hours in the month, and that's not a lot of time in the context of 20 years, but the friendship that's netted out of that investment is phenomenal. And so don't think of it in terms of quantity. Just think about where can I find those little moments um, to build those relationships over time. Um, the other thing that gets in the way is we don't like having necessary conversations. When something happens or someone bothers us, we tend to run away from it. Or we say, you know what? This is supposed to be my safe place. Can I just like not have to deal deal with that? And so either we pull back or we let it go until the next time it happens. And so I found for me, I am just a lot faster at, you know, saying, Hey, this is something that I observed. I'm not really sure what to do with it. Can you help me understand it? Because I want to make sure it's not an issue for our relationship going forward. And then very closely connected with that is simply just saying, sorry, quickly. You know, as women, I, I talk about hormones a little bit in the book, like there's just all kinds of things that happen to us. And I had somebody stop by my house a few weeks ago and I really didn't want to have company. I was exhausted. I had to prepare for some uh, a speech or something that the coming week. And I really didn't want to have company. And and so I just sent him a quick note later that day and said, listen, I hope you if, if I offended or I was bristly, I, I'm so sorry. That wasn't my intention. I'm just exhausted. And she said, you know what? I was exhausted too. It was absolutely okay. But you can imagine how there could have been friction that would have um, last that could have lasted for a very long time because she may have felt like I didn't want her there. So just saying sorry quickly and getting to it fat, it just removes so much stress. So those are just a few things. There are more challenges um, that I go through, but those are kind of the top three time, avoiding those necessary conversations, and then just letting go of our egos and just saying, look, I screwed up. I'm, t I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. And, and allowing our relationships to heal. Quickly. I love that advice because there is something really to be said about saying sorry quickly. You avoid so much pain, so much drama, so much extra conversation 
when you learn how to say sorry quickly. But something else that you touched on was addressing problems or issues quickly instead of leaving it, letting it fester, letting it turn into something, and then having a snowball effect and you don't even know how you got there. So I love your advice because like you said, tribes do require nurturing. You are nurturing your relationships. There's give and take. There's times when you guys have to find different ways to be there for each other. And if you can't be there in one way, then you find another way to support like that person supports you. So all of this is so very important, Leah. And I'm so happy that you spent the time to put this all in a book. Yeah, no, I I love what you just said. And I could not agree more. I, I think the one thing we have to remember is anything in life that's worth having takes work and relationships are no exception. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you want to lose weight, you have to put in the work. If you want to build a house, you have to put in the work. If you want to have a good marriage, you have to put in the work. And if you want a good tribe, you have to put in the work. And if and and I think that's where we as women sometimes tend to get into trouble, right? We want these relationships where it's easy, where our personalities just click. Well, oh, and let me just come back to that because I said I wanted to talk to you about personalities. It is not our personalities that get in the way. It's it's the maturity of our personalities that get in the way. Because if all of my friends were exactly like me, I just want to shoot myself. So it is actually the diversity of our personalities that make relationships beautiful. But what makes them work or not work is our willingness to show up and say, listen, this is who I am. And I maybe need to be a little bit more flexible so that we can make this relationship work. And when we're not self-reflective, when we don't flex to other people, then that is really what creates the issues. It's not our personalities. It's I think the difference is, is the tapestry that makes relationships beautiful. I love that. The maturity of our personality. I, I, I didn't even think about it like that because so many times people just say, you know what? Our personalities, they just clash. But really your maturity level has clashed and nobody wants to be the bigger person or take the different view of something. So egos are clashing and nothing is getting done at the end of the day. So we have to keep that in mind because really every person in your tribe was created to be there for a specific reason because God doesn't do anything without a plan. With that being said, make sure when you're taking stock, when you're taking inventory, when you notice that there's something going wrong, that you address it. You say, you know what? Even if you you feel like I need a moment before I can address it, have a conversation with God. Do a little self-reflection. Say, Lord, was that me? <laughs> I thought it was them, but I thought it was her. But was it actually me? Like, was it my attitude? Was it the way I said it before we jump down somebody else's throat, as they say. And you know, Shante, before I released the book, I spent, and I'm actually reading it again now with a Bible study group, I read uh, Matthew from beginning to end. And when you read what God or what Christ shared, that he, like his ideal for how we're supposed to show up and love people, and he talks a lot about the condition of our hearts, Um, that is the thing that makes our relationships 
work mm-hmm. and heart as it's as it's used over and over and over again in the bible is really our mind and the way that we think and so when i say tribe as a mindset it's because if you don't shift the way that you want you show up that you love people then those relationships will always break and that's mm-hmm. just the reality. Leah, you have been so helpful today and I've really enjoyed our conversation. And I know we can go on and on, but I do want to leave some things for the for the listeners to go and actually get your book and read it so they can learn some more um, themselves. But before we go, Leah, I just want you to give us your top three tips for creating a long lasting tribe. So number one, ladies, remember that for so many reasons, we need our tribes more than ever right now, especially at this time in the world's history, when the pandemic has pushed us all inside and we're isolated and lonely, we need our tribes more than ever. Um, Two, there's a simple formula for how you build our tribes. I break it down in my book, believe in your value, find places to belong and experience belonging, and then show up different, which is really in its simplest form to love God and love people. And then last but not least, you know, connected to all of that is our relationship at the end of the day are really a heart matter, which is why I can say tribe is a mindset. And our relationships and the success of our relationships will pivot on the back of how we choose to think. So there's my three. Leah, those tips are surely amazing. I want you, before you go, to let us know how we can connect with you on social media and most importantly, how we can buy Assemble the Tribe. So thank you for asking. If you live in Bermuda, there are a whole bunch of stores on my website you can visit at assemblethetribe.com. If you are living overseas, it's available globally on Amazon And if you want to hang out with me, and I would love for you to do so, um, you can contact me or connect with me on Instagram at Leah J.M. Dean. But I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, wherever it is you like to hang out, I'm there. But I'm most active day to day on Instagram. So I would say come hang out with me there. Okay, Purpose Chasers, as you know, I will put all of Leah's details in the show notes. Be sure to go and grab you a copy of Assemble the Tribe. Grab it for yourself, your sister, your tribe. Read it and then connect with Leah and tell her how much this book has impacted you and your tribe. Leah, again, thank you so much for being on this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun today. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.